The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. There came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. It filled their hearts with singing. The title of the message is Jesus. Christ is inescapable. Inescapable. It's interesting to me how the name of Jesus Christ is used as a swear word in our language. I do not hear them use Muhammad or any of the other gods of the world. I don't hear them use O Buddha. Buddha this, Buddha that, Muhammad this, Muhammad that. I don't hear any of that. It is interesting to me that you hear the blessed Savior's name taken in vain everywhere you go. And God's name taken in vain everywhere you go. I mean, you can't work out in the world without hearing that day in, day out, day in, day out, over and over and over again. Some people's vocabulary has been reduced to about six words. And they just keep repeating those words over and over and over again. I just disappeared, didn't I? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? And I got to get some water here. And and so you hear about Jesus Christ over and over. Okay, all of you now can take a drink of water. All two of us. Jesus Christ is inescapable. Amos is a text, chapter 4, Old Testament, verse 12. A little phrase in the last part of that verse where it says, Prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Now, as I, that, that picture in the song looked like the old, old uh, Blue Ridge. And as you drive through that area of the Blue Ridge and the Smoky Mountains, you'll see signs. Them old boys, uh, it used to be years ago in the 50s, they'd hand paint them, you know, no fancy stuff. They'd take a brush on a piece of plywood and they'd hand paint Prepare to meet thy God. They were getting it from Amos chapter 4, verse 12. It was the Bible. And there's nothing more valuable you can tell any human you ever meet than they need to prepare to meet thy God. Well, who is that God? It's not a generic God. That God has a name. His name is Jesus Christ the Lord. Everybody at the end of life's road, without exception, will meet Jesus Christ. Our message as Christians is simply this. Prepare to meet the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face, and give an account of your life to Him. That is the thesis statement of what we go around doing. Prepare to meet Jesus Christ and give an account to Him. There's three reasons I'm going to give you this morning why I believe that Jesus Christ is simply inescapable. You'll not get away from him. 
No matter what you think, no matter how you think, you can do it. And I'll go through the various reasons I've heard, the various reasons that biblically, and hopefully in 30 minutes when we're done with this, you'll walk out of here with a better grip on this. In Matthew chapter 28, 18, it says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Those Jesus' words, all power. How much? It's, it's real deep theology. All means, in the Greek, all. And in the Hebrew, all means all. All means all, totally, encompassing. All power. So the number one reason that you're going to face Jesus Christ is because all power has been given unto him. And if logic with me now, come with me in your logic. If he has all power, who is going to usurp him? Who is going to master him? Who is going to overcome him? Uh, who is going to have the power to avoid him if the Bible's true when it says, and when he says, all power is given unto me? If he did not have all power, he could not, you could not be sure of his words that they would come to pass. Because if you don't have the power to fulfill what you say, what you say doesn't have a whole lot of credibility. The fact that Jesus Christ is God manifests in the flesh, according to 1 Timothy 3.16. That he has no beginning and no end, according to John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I don't know how you say it any more thorough than that. Um, in John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said this to those folks who were, who were questioning him, uh, where he came from. He said, well, before Abraham, which was 2166 B.C., and they at that time were in about 32 A.D., he said, before Abraham was, I am. Ooh, the Bible says they got upset. They took up stones to stone him because they said, who do you make yourself out to be? He makes himself equal with the Father. Why? The word I am is the, is the name for God mentioned in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when, when you remember a guy by the name of Moses went to a bush that was burning and wouldn't be consumed, and he asked who that was in that bush, and he says, tell them the I am sent you. That was Jesus Christ back then. And they picked up immediately that if he's the I am of the burning bush, then he's God Almighty, and he's the God of everything. The Bible says they took up stones to stone him. And by the way, and I say this, the people closest to the event have the clearest knowledge of the interpretation of the verse. When they took up stones to stone him, they said he was, he was blaspheming, which meant they understood he meant that he was God. Now, people in cults try to argue those things away, but they can't do it. He is actually called God manifest in the flesh. Take your Bibles, if you would, because I want you to mark this in your book. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, as I quoted before. 1 Timothy 3.16. You need to know this verse and, and you need to have it clearly. Now, if your Bible reads, if you have a Bible translated from the minority text, there's two texts that the New Testament are typically translated from, the majority text and the minority text. King James Bible is translated from the majority text, a text that was brought up for 1,600 years. Most every other modern version is translated from the minority text, which was just found late, much later and after the King James had been translated, and is different radically. 
Here's one way it is different. If your Bible does not read this way, then you go get a King James Bible because you don't have all the Bible. It reads this way, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Here's the key phrase. God was manifest in the flesh. The word theos there in the Greek, in the majority text, God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit, seen of angels, uh, preached unto the Gentiles, believed unto the world, received up into glory. But the key phrase is, Jesus Christ was declared in the Bible to be God by Paul the Apostle to Timothy, God was manifest in the flesh. Not, not a great man, not just a prophet, not just some good guy, but very God of gods was manifest in the flesh. The Word was manifest in the flesh. To prove that further, John 14, verse 8 and 9, one of his disciples, Philip, said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will sufficeth us. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you Yet hast thou not known me, Philip? It doesn't get any plainer than that. When he said, show us the Father, he was asking to show the Father, the, the, the Jehovah God of the Old Testament. He said, you've been walking with him. You've been talking with him. You've been hearing me preach. Have you been so long with me and not knowing me? Now you say, How, what importance does all this have, preacher? It has importance. If Jesus Christ is God of very God, and he has received all power, you can be assured that what he says will come true. It has some credibility to it. In Hebrews chapter 1, you want to take your Bible, verse 3. He is the very image of, of the person of God. Let me explain that. It says here in 1.3, who being, speaking of Jesus Christ, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. That means the very impress of his person. God is a spirit. You cannot see God. And so God to relate to you and I so we could see him, so we could relate to him. And, and, and by the way, both directions, so he could more relate better to us being flesh and understanding all of our infirmities and how we're tempted and our weaknesses. God, we, God became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the impress, the very image, the express image of God. That means when you see Jesus, you see God. When you see the, Jesus, you see the Father. Yet, they're not exactly, let me say this, that God is manifest in the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Ghost like He baptized this morning. That comes from Matthew chapter 28. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You say, well, brother, that's confusing. Is there three gods? No, the Bible says clearly there is only one God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. In, in uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10 and 11, it says, Ye are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me, I even, I am the Lord, that's the word Jehovah there, and beside me there is no Savior. Notice what Jesus is called. He's called the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Savior referred to. He is the one who came. So the, the confusion may be in your mind, I, well, wait a minute. If, if, if God the Father is the only one, there's no God formed after him before him, uh, and there's no other God but one, how can Jesus Christ be God? Because of a thing called the Trinity or triunity of the, of the being of God. 
I am a soul, a spirit, and a body, but you, I am one. I'm a soul, spirit, and body, but I'm one. You can talk about my soul independent of my spirit and body if you want to. You can do that. You can talk about my body separate from my, my soul and my spirit if you want to. But I am one. You're not going to be able to divide God, as the cults do, into three gods. Or somehow make out that there's only one God, Jehovah. And then there's Jesus Christ who is a created being. I'm going to show you that that can't be so, biblically. And all of this hopefully will come together. Consequently, if God be, if I may say that if Jesus Christ, from these few verses and so many others, is who he said he is, and he did say he was God, he did say he was the I am. The Bible says there's no two gods, there's only one. He can't be a created being. He can't be another God and a God. The, big, the Bible says he was God in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It's so plain. If those verses are true, and they are, then who you're dealing with in Jesus Christ is the creator of all that ever has been. Which means he's credible. Which means he's all powerful. And one of the reasons that I'll guarantee you that someday every person that's ever been born will face him eyeball to eyeball is because he has all power. The Bible says if God be for us, who can be against us? That's because he's all powerful. You couldn't say that if he wasn't all powerful. If he, want, if he had potentially somebody else that could interrupt that or change that. You couldn't say that. If God be for us, who can be against us? It's, it's, a, it's a redundant question. Well, nobody can be against you, but let me say it this way. If God be against you, who can be for you? Who can be for you? And it's crazy to walk away from God. It's crazy to walk in opposition to God. It's crazy to walk in opposition to Jesus Christ because you're walking away from He who is all-powerful, who controls the very breath you breathe by His grace. Though you may cuss Him, though you may use His name in vain, though you may, you may challenge Him in, in, in disbelief and say He doesn't really exist or He isn't who He said He is, though you may deny the book that He's inspired and preserved, though you do all of that, doesn't change one iota who He is. If God be for you, who can be against you? But brother, if God be against you, who can be for you? The first reason I believe that you'll see him face to face is he's all powerful. The second reason I believe biblically is he receives all honor. He receives all honor. If you would, uh, if you want to turn to these, if you're not familiar with the Bible, it confuses you, don't do it. But if you are, you want to mark them, you go ahead either way. John chapter 5, verse 23. It says that, Jesus' words, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. Is that clear enough? That all men, all, again, all, should everybody, nobody's going to, in the end of it all, nobody, listen to me, nobody's going to dishonor the Son in the end of it all. Everybody is going to honor the Son. But I can go bigger than that. Everything is going to honor the Son. 
not just everybody, but everything is going to honor the Son. All men will eventually revere Jesus Christ without escape. But it does not stop there. Everything will revere Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, a classic passage. It says, Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above how many names? Every name. That at the name of Jesus, circle that word again, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, just in case you're confused. Of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. You say, I didn't think there were things under the earth. There are. That every tongue, that's three times, you've got every name, every knee, every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. Why, preacher, will all these things honor Jesus Christ? Why will they? Well, number one, they're going to do it because he made them all. Because when every knee bows and hits the old gold pavement and says, Jesus, you are who you said you are, your Lord. And when the devil himself bows on his knee and says, yes, you are who you said you are. And when Judas Iscariot bows his knee on the pavement and says, yes, you are who you said you are, your Lord. And when every disbeliever out there, and when every Muslim, and when every Buddhist, and when every false religion that have created other gods in their own image get before Jesus Christ, they're going to settle it and make it clear. There is no other God but you. Just like you said. It is going to be a recognition of the reality of the universe. What is that called? Truth. Truth doesn't change. Truth doesn't move. Truth is singular by nature. Truth doesn't change. The truth is God made everything there is. Jesus Christ, you say God, that's generic, I know, but let's get more specific. Book of Colossians. A little Bible study here this morning. Book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. And I'm going to try to do a little, let me do a little Greek. We're, sometimes Greek will aid you in interpretation of the Bible, but not often. And if you don't have it, you're fine without it. But if you do have it, it's like a cherry on top of the hot fudge Sunday. You don't have to have a cherry, but it's nice. And here's where it's nice. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, for by him, there's two words in Greek for the translated English word by. The word in Greek, in, which is pronounced in, close to our word in, which is what it means. And the other word translated by is the Greek word dia, which is translated through. The two make a difference. And here, let me, let me show you where they occur here. For I'm going to translate the word by what the Greek word is. For in him were all, how many things? All things created. Is there any wiggle room in all? No. And that are in, and just in case there's wiggle room. He says, in him, or by, that's the word, the word in in Greek were all things create, created that are in heaven and that are in earth, just in case you're confused, visible 
and invisible, uh, in case you're confused more, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, he repeats it again, all things were created, the word dia there, through him and for him. And verse 17, and he is before all things, and the word by there is the word in. In him all things consist. Jesus Christ, all things that were out there and have ever been out there, whether it be visible or invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, they have been created in him and through him. That's what those two verses say. No exceptions. That's why we honor him. You get it? You honor him because he is your creator. He is your the one who formed your you and your personality. Now, don't give him credit for all your bad stuff. But he he made he made Brother Moon to where he didn't have any hair at 44 years old. He made Brother Chris where he's losing his hair at 22. Is he here today? Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, Chris. I just, it was a presumption on that, presumption. You know, number one among men in any survey you want to take that bothers them is losing their hair. Can you believe that? For the people who have hair, we don't understand why that's a problem. I'd, I'm not going into that. I'm stopping right there. It's okay, man. It's okay. Jesus made all material things. Jesus made all spirit beings. Jesus made all flesh beings. Eventually, all will see him face to face, give account to him. There is no escape. Why? Because all power has been given to him. Why? Because all honor has been given to him. And thirdly, there is no escape, and maybe most finally, is all judgment has been given to him. Take your Bibles to John chapter 5, verse 22. That's the key. There's, there's too many verses to go through. Don't need to uh, keep driving the same nail in. But let me give you the main one here and one other one. John 5, 22 says, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed what? All judgment unto the Son. Now, I'll ask that. What part about that's fuzzy? There's no part about that fuzzy, amen? All judgment to the Son. Just in case um, you may miss it, in John chapter 5, verse 27, it says, He hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. And because, he's, because he is the judge of all, it says in verse 28 of John chapter 5, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. They shall come forth that have done good. Uh, they that have done good under the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. Do not get the idea that you're saved by good works. The best work you can do is recognize Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. That's a good work. 
Because think of it this way. What difference does it make how many poor you fed, how many widows you helped across the street, how many good things you've done in this life if you said Jesus is a liar? Think about it. The Father gives His Son to be your Savior, takes upon the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man. He humbles Himself, becomes obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Three days later, He's resurrected to sit in the right hand of the throne of God. You say, I don't believe that. I don't think your giving to the poor is going to help you much. I don't think your building buildings for good causes is going to help you much. I don't think if, if you've given a zillion dollars... I think there's one guy, I can't remember his name right now, gave $1 billion to charity. It was the largest gift ever given to charity. I don't think it's going to help him. If he tells Jesus Christ when he sees him, you don't exist. But you know what? When he's, when, when, when he's ushered in by the angels of God in front of Jesus Christ at that great day, that called the great white throne judgment, he's not going to wonder whether it's real or not. He's going to know what's real. But it'll be too late. Because what he'll try to say is, I've tried to do a few good things. I've helped a lot of people. I've given some money. I've tried to do, the, do more good than bad. And Jesus Christ said, look to see if his name's in the book. The book of life. They say his name does not appear. He said, depart from me. You curse it into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Those exact words will be mentioned. Because that's what the Bible says will be mentioned. Maybe God will bring back all the times He's warned you. I don't know. Maybe He'll bring back all those services you've sat in. Maybe He'll bring back all those times that you've ignored Him when He came by with a gospel track and a sweet, kind witness and a sweet, kind and tender uh, a, a push to do the right thing and you've pushed back and bowed, bowed up against Him and said, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. And you've denied the truth, but eventually there'll come a day when you will stand before Jesus Christ. I guarantee you, based on the fact that Jesus Christ is all-powerful, based on the fact that all honor will go to Him, and based on the fact that all judgment has been given to Him, you will be condemned if you've not received Him as your personal Savior. What is that? That's recognizing who He is. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe He was resurrected the third day. I know I'm a sinner. I'm unable to save myself by any amount of good works because Jesus Christ is the one who came. Let me say this. If you can save yourself by good works, why would Jesus ever have come? It's crazy. But Jesus came because there was no other way. For you had to be saved by grace through faith. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been saved and I wouldn't have been saved. Christ gave himself, the Bible says it this way, for by grace, that's God's unmerited favor, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the very gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And by the way, it says, and Peter says, God's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. It's not going to delight God. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, the Bible says. I mean, he doesn't, God's not going to have one moment of pleasure casting somebody in hell, but that's where they must go, where all unbelief will eventually be encapsulated in a place called hell, the lake of fire. When you stand before Jesus Christ, 
for a moment. You know, they say, there's a statement out there that says 15 minutes of fame. You've heard that? They got their 15 minutes of fame. Or is it their 15 seconds of fame? I think sometimes it's 15 seconds. You're going to stand before Jesus Christ and all of heaven, for however time that lasts, is going to focus on you and who you are and what you did. And then you're going to be cast. Without Christ, you'll be cast into a place of absolute oblivion where absolutely no attention is paid to you, ever. A place of total, the Bible describes a place of total loneliness, a place of total pain, a place of no rest. Let me say this, you would never want to go there. If the Bible's true in its description of hell, you don't want to go there. You need to swallow your pride and ask Christ to save you and mean it with all your heart. You don't want to go there. Jesus Christ preached more on hell and warned people not to go there than he did heaven. You can look it up as statistical. There's no court of appeal. No alternatives. Now for us saved folks that have trusted Christ on this side, when we had the opportunity and we said yes to Jesus, then we're going to stand before him face to face too. Because remember, nobody, nobody escapes standing before Jesus Christ someday. But for us born-again people that have trusted Him as their personal Savior and humbled ourselves before Him and read His book and says, yes, we believe, help our unbelief, and served Him in any way He led us to do it, when we stand before Him that day and that whoo, moment of focus comes upon us, it will be a day of rejoicing. Happiest day of your life. My Jesus, I love Thee. I know Thou art mine. For Thee all the follies of sin I resign. Oh, we sing the songs of Zion. Those songs written victory in Jesus. What you hear here, what you hear sung here at the gospel over and over is from a heart full of the Holy Spirit. Looking forward to the day we see Jesus. We're looking forward to that day. When I say Jesus Christ is inescapable, you don't sit there and go, uh-oh, I am bad shape. No, you don't. If you're living for God, you say, good, I'm ready today. Give me some more chemo. Give me radiation. I'm ready today. I get a kick out of people when they get sick. The doctor comes up to them and says, you got a short time to live. They don't want to die. I always quitted it this way. Death means I go get to see Jesus Christ who is my Savior, lose all pain, tears are wiped away. I don't have time to tell you all the good stuff. What are we doing? I know. I know. God gave us survival to live, the desire to live, but sometimes I just wonder about that whole thing. My mother prayed for three years to die. I told you this over and over. I'll do it again for the visitors. My mother said, Billy, I want you to pray for me to die. I want to go see Jesus. I'm in such misery here. So we prayed. We prayed. We prayed. We prayed. One day she said, I went down, I got on my knees. I always got on my knees. Always got on my knees at her feet. And she was sitting in the chair. 
I put my hand on her and I said, Jesus, take mama home. She put a little shaking hand on my top of my head. She said, why ain't he answering your prayers? I said, Mom, I couldn't pray the fuzz off a peach. I don't know. He is answering, Mom. He's saying no. <laughs> I remember getting a call at 2 a.m. from hospice. Your mama's gone. I put the phone down and said, hey, glory, glory. Glory to God. She's free. Free! The next major event for her is to see Jesus. That's good. That's good. Don't you live in a, such a way that you're afraid to see Jesus. Christians, one of the beautiful things about being a Christian is he takes the fear of death away. Oh, I don't want to die. The dying part, nobody wants that. Nobody likes anything unpleasant. But boy, the other side's going to be sweet. And let me, let me leave you with this. Jesus is inescapable. Why? He has all power, He has all honor, and He has all judgment. Why don't you make it right with Him today? Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, You'd work before, before us where we cannot work. I've told the truth this morning. I've told the truth as best I know to tell it. Out of the Word of God, proving it, showing it. It was not my opinion. It was not just some wild-eyed Baptist preacher. It's the it's teaching of the very words of God right out of your Bible. We pray you'd soak it into the hearts of these folks and not be able to be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Her soul.